Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. Uh, we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Um, again, last week, uh, I remember we did our shout outs, but I only had the states. I did not have uh, some of the certain counties and, and cities uh, listening. So I want to do that and go back because I said I would last week. So last week we had, if I'm correct, we had Missouri, uh, Texas and Georgia. And so from Missouri, uh, we have listeners from Wentzville, from O'Fallon, from Festus, from uh, St. Louis, from the West End area. We're just so grateful that we have you guys listening if you're in the Missouri area. And that's literally right up the road. So that's always good to have uh, people from home listening. Um, also from Texas, uh, we have listeners from Waco, from Forney. Uh, and from Dallas, uh, we're so grateful that you guys are listening uh, down in Texas as well. We're praying for you. We hope that everything continues to go well as you're uh, dealing with this cold weather. And then also uh, Georgia, right? We have listeners from Atlanta, uh, Valdosta, Columbus, Warner Robins. So uh, we're grateful if you're listening from those areas uh, in Georgia. And there's more in Missouri, Texas, and Georgia, but we're just so grateful uh, that all of you are listening with us. Okay, so let's let's get into what we're talking about today. So um, we're talking about biblical love, and we're uh, going through a, kind of a series of uh, learning about biblical love. So, you know, first of all, we talked about how to love when it's hard or how to love when, when you don't feel that love, right? Uh, then we also talked about last week how to forgive right we looked at certain things about forgiveness and how hard it is and we specifically looked at um at three reasons why we can't forgive uh so today for part three what i want to talk about it's also a general topic but we're going to dig a little deeper here as well the topic for today is simply how do i learn how to love god how do i learn how to love god you know when we talk about that Sometimes we think that's easy, but it, sometimes it is a it is a tough process. Now, I'm not saying that it's not enjoyable because loving God is enjoyable, but there's something that we have to do on our part that sometimes is not as enjoyable. And that's what we're going to look at today. And so here's here's kind of the introduction here to what we're talking about. So like I mentioned before, loving God, being someone being a person in this world that recognizes that somebody something is bigger than us something is bigger than this world something is bigger than the universe somebody created everything and so for you to understand that and for you to love god is the most wonderful thing that you could do on this earth it's it's the most amazing thing you can do not only does it bring joy but it also brings security for your life here and later, but it also brings hope for your present, for your past, and for your future. But this is what we want to hone in on today. But loving God and that phrase, loving God, it's not all about just your feelings. It's not all about the, the, the fuzzies, right? It's not all about just having that fuzzy feeling. You see, yes, to love God is amazing, and we know he loves us, according to John 3, 16. But you and I, as we walk this, this walk of life, we have to work on our love for him, too. And so 
this requires us to do some difficult things at times in order to love God, but it's well worth it. So quickly, just think about this. What did God give up for us? God gave up his absolute best, and that was his son, right? So if God gave his absolute best for me, then what am I required to give to him here? You see, now you have to give your absolute best. And sometimes as a Christian, giving your absolute best to God is tough. And that's what we're going to talk about. So how can we learn to love God? How can we do this? So number one, I want to look at this. In order for you and I to learn to love God, to truly love him and to give our best, number one, and this is very tough, we have to learn to shoot for the standard of the gospel. We have to learn to shoot for the standard of the gospel. But what does that mean? You know, as we talked about before, loving God means living according to the pattern of his son, of what he done for us. So you and I, right, as, as Christians and as people that love God, we never set the bar of love. He's already set it, right? He's already set what the bar is. So we can't, we can't tell God, well, this is enough love for you. Well, you need to accept what I'm giving. We can't do that for God. We do that to each other, but we can't do that for God. And so if you've been kind of dictating your love to God, you might say phrases like this to him. Well, God, I'm doing enough. Well, God understands my situation. Well, at least I'm doing the best that I can. Well, at least I'm doing something. You see, if you say any of those phrases and more, what you're doing, and you might not even know you're doing this, you're already setting the bar for how much you can love God and how much God uh, should take of your love. Well, God, you just need to accept this because I'm giving it. Just because we give something doesn't mean God has to accept it. And so what are you talking about? We need to learn to shoot for the standard. So I need to learn how to challenge my love to love God more. All right, so let's get into this. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25. And again, if you're new to the podcast, this is what we do here. We open up our Bibles together and we study and uh, we kind of go through the text here and, and try our best to let the text talk to us. So Matthew chapter 25. And for sake of time, we're not going to read through the whole thing. But I want to notice a couple verses here talking about, um, you know, learning to challenge This is a great challenge issued here in Matthew 25. So start in verse number 14 with me. Matthew 25, uh, start in verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered them unto his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability and straightway according to his journey. Then he had received the five talents, he went and traded with the same, and he made five more. And likewise, he that received two, he gained another two, right? And so you think about this concept of the father giving these servants talents and abilities or, or a talent. So what did the five do? He gained five more. What did the two 
he gained two more. So what could the men that gain the talent from the master when he received five originally and when they see when they received two originally, what could they have said? So after the master leaves, oh, good, I got five. I'm good. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't need anything else. I, I can just I can hold on to my five. You know, sometimes we have that attitude when we talk about loving God. Well, I'm doing I'm doing enough right now. I'm doing exactly what the Lord wants me to do. I'm doing enough. Actually, in my book, I'm doing a little bit more. Well, what if the five talent man and what if the two talent man had your attitude? Would they have doubled theirs? No. What did these men learn to do? They challenged themselves and they did more, but they didn't do more for themselves. They wanted to get more for who? For the master who gave them the talents in the first place. So when you talk about loving somebody, when you love someone, don't you want to do something for them to show them that you love them? Don't you sometimes just give random gifts because you just want to show your expression? Don't you want to know everything about that other person so that you can understand who they are? Because you love them, right? So sometimes I don't understand why don't we do that with God? Sometimes I think we're just so satisfied with where we are. And God's just happy where we are that we don't have to do more. I just, that doesn't make sense. How is that loving him? He gave his all to us. And it's not like God stopped after John 3.16. He's continuing to help us today, isn't he? He's continuing uh, to, to take care of us and to do all these things. So he's continuing to show his original love from John and all the way back in Genesis. You see, when you talk about learning to shoot for the standard, and challenging your love, you have to get to the point where you want to do more because you love God. And so I'm just going to pose a question. I'm not going to make this a blanket statement. I'm not making this my opinion. I'm posing a question for you to answer for yourself. So think about where you are. I'm thinking about where I am. What you're doing for God right now Is it enough? If you love him, if you love God and you're so thankful for everything that he's done for you, in your mind right now, are you doing enough? Well, Jordan, I don't think I could ever do enough. Stop making that excuse. Because you know good and well, and I know good and well, that there's always something better and more that I could do for God. So why are we always making excuses instead of finding solutions on how to double what the Lord's already given us? What more can you do for him? Can you do more? I believe I can. I hope you can too. And so notice these men, they challenged themselves and they got more. So here's the thing. So when the Lord sees that from you and I, when he sees that Jordan is learning more about me, He's trying to develop himself uh, to be like my son. He's, he's, he's giving the effort when no one else sees. He's doing all this stuff. So guess what the Lord's going to call you? Look at verse 21. 
Then the Lord said unto his servants, well done. And what is he going to call you if you continue to do more for him? You're good and faithful. You have been faithful over a few things, but I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. So when you want to do more for the Lord, what does he call you? He calls you good and he calls you what? Faithful. But, you know, sometimes we have this concept and it's unfortunate that it's it's crept in the church. We have this concept that the more you do for the Lord, the weirder you are. Does that make sense? The more that you do, the more effort and the more of your life that you give to God more than the world, even in the church, you're different. That's messed up. It's messed up. Why, why wouldn't I want to be good and faithful? I don't understand. I, I don't get it. You know, I don't understand. And so then we have our young kids. They grow up and they have the zeal and the fervor to love God. But then when, when their friends see it, and when I mean friends, when their Christian friends see when they're trying to do so much for the Lord that they're different, then they get discouraged because people tell them they're different. Aren't we all supposed to be different, though? But we'll get into that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. So verse 21. So the Lord calls us good if we do that. The Lord calls you good and faithful if you're that way. But notice the flip side. So remember the five gain five, the two gain another two. But there was a one talent man as well. Watch this. Look at verse. Uh, verse number uh, 24. Then he which received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that thou wert a hard man, reaping where thou hast sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. So you have three, three men, three servants. They receive all receive talents. So why didn't the other two? make the excuse that the one man made one man uh talent man made huh because the other ones realized that they love god and what was the excuse that the one talent man said what's the first thing he said lord i knew you were a what type of man you are you know some christians say that but they, they phrase it different they'll say well you know i just don't think i can do that because it's too hard well, I don't think I can. I don't think I can live faithfully. I don't think I can. You're you're no better than the one talent man. So you're saying that the five talent and the two talent they could do it, but you can't do it because it's too hard. Then notice verse twenty five. If we don't challenge ourselves to love God more, I promise you one hundred. You might not want to hear this, but you need to hear it because I'm trying to help you. If you don't learn as a Christian to challenge your love towards God more, this is what you're going to say every single time. You might not say it out loud. No one else might think, but you know it. You're going to say this, verse 25. I decided not to do more for you because I was afraid and I hid my talent. You know, when you don't challenge your love towards God more, 
first of all, you're going to say you won't, you'll never believe in yourself. You'll always say exactly what he said in verse 24. It's too hard. Well, wait a second. So the five talent man, don't you think that was hard too? The two talent man, don't you think that was hard too? So why are you so special? It's hard for everybody. But are you willing to give effort? So if you're not willing to challenge yourself, you're always going to say it's too hard. Then you're going to say, I was afraid. And so I hid my talent. You know, sometimes we'll catch ourselves saying excuses and we'll use the I am afraid excuse. And so sometimes we'll say phrases like this. I'm afraid to learn the Bible. So I hid. I'm afraid to evangelize. So I hid. I'm afraid I'm not good enough. So I hid. I'm afraid to challenge myself. So I hid. What makes you different than the one talent man right now? Be real. Be real. I'm, I'm trying to help you. What makes yourself better than him? You're just like him. And so what does the Lord think of you right now? Even if you are a Christian and you have that attitude, I'm going to tell you exactly what he thinks of you. Look at verse 26. And his Lord answered and said, thou wicked and slothful servants. You knew that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not shod. At least you should have put my money to the exchangers and have them uh, have them come so that I can receive more with usury. You could at least put it in the bank to give interest. But instead, verse 28, you took the talent and you hid it away. For everyone unto him shall be given and have abundance. But for him that shall not be taken away, even that which he hath. And cast ye that unprofitable servant into outer darkness. You know, if we use those excuses in the Lord's mind, we're wicked and we're slothful. You want the Lord to see you that way? You know, sometimes I don't, I don't understand it. If you think learning the Bible, growing, being spiritual is hard, you're right, because it is. It's hard. So don't you think it was hard for the five-talent man to gain five more talents? Yeah, it was hard. You think it was hard for the two-talent man to gain two more? Yeah, it's hard. But because you're too scared that it's hard, you won't do anything. And so in the Lord's eyes, you're wicked. In the Lord's eyes, you're slow. You're slothful. And he said, one day you're going to be cast into outer darkness. You see, I'm so passionate about this, guys. Not because I'm angry. I'm so passionate because I want you guys to give effort. And I want to encourage myself to give more. Because the Lord wants that effort from us, y'all. You know, sometimes I think in the church, we have this we have this picture in our minds and maybe this is our fault for doing this but we have this picture in our mind that in in the church there's two sects of Christians there's faithful and worthy ones and then there's normal ones so the faithful ones those are your elders those are your elders wives and families those are your deacons wives and families those are your preachers wives and families so those are the faithful ones 
But then in the church, there's also regular ones. So the regular ones is the guy or the woman that has just a regular job, but it's just a Christian and comes as a member. So according to Matthew 25, is that how God looks at stuff? In God's eyes, you're either one of two things. You're either faithful or you're not. You're either faithful or you are not. It's not a hard concept to get. There's no such thing as this type of Christian and a regular Christian. There's no such thing as that. You're either faithful or you're not. So so let's let's play this game. So let's say that there was a difference. So let's say that there were different types of Christians. So let's say there's the faithful ones. There's a somewhat cold ones. There's a somewhat hot ones. And then there's a re- and the regular ones. So let's say that that was true. Let's just let's just play this game. If it was true, why in the world would you want to stay regular? <laughs> I don't I don't understand. So here's this example. So why is it and I and I played basketball, I played organized sports. So why is it that if I'm a coach, if I'm a player, if I'm a leader on the squad, why is it if I push you to become greater, I'm a genius. I'm the best leader since since whoever. Why is it in business if I push you as my protege to run this business one day? I'm a visionary. Oh, I saw this within this person and they can run the business better than I could. So I'm a visionary. But why is it when when myself and others, when we try to push you spiritually, I'm the bad guy or I'm too much of an overachiever? It's messed up. Why do we do that? You see, the Lord tells us this, y'all. Go to Matthew chapter 7, if you will. Matthew chapter 7. You see, the Lord sees this, sees this two ways too. In Matthew 7, he mentions this. So in verse 13, he says, Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. <clears throat> so if we're painting this picture, And there's this wide, 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 wide road. Christ said, wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. You know, when we read verses like this, sometimes in our minds, we only think the people walking on that broad road are those who don't love God. Let me tell you something. Half that road is Christians, too. If we're being honest and for being real, half of that road is Christians too. Because in our minds, we have this picture that I can be a Christian, but I don't gotta be, I don't have to be like extra. I can still be regular. You're you're on that broad, that broad uh road. That's you're walking that right now. But Jesus said this, but straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leads unto life. And few, few be there that that find it. So now imagine that winding road and it narrows and it narrows and it narrows and it narrows. 
right? It's kind of like that scene in the movie where where two two walls are kind of closing in and you have some people in the middle. Only few be there that go that road because that road you don't have you don't have that much space to move around. So let me ask this question if we're given application. So the five talent man that gained five more, the two talent man that gained two more, what road were they on? They were on the narrow road. But the one talent man, what road was he on? He was on the broad. So my question to you, if you claim to love God, how much effort are you given to love him? See, here's the thing, guys. You can't expect to get to heaven if you don't give heavenly effort here. You know how, like, in school, I was terrible at math, right? I could pass, right? I could get a, I could get a, you know, like a 78 in the class or 82 in the class to pass, but I was never that good at math, right? You know, sometimes when you take a test, sometimes the night before, I mean, you knew what the material talked about, but you knew you didn't understand the concept. So you just kind of, you kind of gained a conclusion and just kind of wrote something down. You could get by that way in school and you could still pass. There's, there's been tests that I've done that and I still got, you know, a high, high C or a high B. But when we talk about spirituality and the day of judgment, it doesn't work that way. So it's not like, the Lord's going to say, oh, well, you just made it in. You, this one act that you did, you just made it in. It's either you're in or you're not. It's either you're walking the narrow path or you're walking the broad one. There's no difference. So where do you, where do you want to be? You can't get to heaven if you don't give heavenly effort here. What was the effort? They they gave up everything. They sacrificed. They did all that great stuff for the Lord. Be willing to learn to challenge yourself and shoot for the standard. Now, let me mention this too while we're here. Sometimes it's very easy, and this is why in the church we make this comparison that there's faithful Christians and regular ones. Because what we do is we spend too much time comparing. So let's say, uh, you know, my, my dad, for example, he's been preaching the gospel for 20 plus years. If I sit here as a preacher of the gospel myself too, and I've been preaching for five years, six years, if I sit here and compare myself to what he's doing and what he's done, I'm not going to measure up because he's done more. So I'm if I sit here and say, well, I'll never be this because dad's doing way more. I can't I can't be like that. Well, what? Well, the thing I have to do is I have to keep working and working hard and eventually I'll get there. But what people do is they're like the one talent, man, and they look and they say it's too hard and they'll stop. You see, we can't, we can't do that. And this is why we can't compare to one another. If we do that, we'll never think we'll be good enough. And that's why in our minds, we have two sides. Well, there's a regular Christian like me, and then there's this Christian like them. That's not, that's not true. You have to realize Jordan's not perfect, and Jordan 
Jordan has failed just like you have. So why not, why not all of us grow together rather than just looking and say, well, I can never be where you're at. What are we doing? So this is why I said, instead of comparing to each other, compare ourselves to God, compare ourselves to the standard of the gospel. That's what the five talent man and the two talent man did. So let's be like them. So not only do we have to shoot for the standard to love God more, but number two, quickly, we need to increase our faith. You know, when we talk about loving God, in order to love him, not only do you have to challenge yourself as an individual, you have to be willing to exercise faith. You know, when we talk about exercising faith, sometimes through the word of God, God is going to call you to do something. And what happens if you're not doing it? And it's hard. You have to have some faith and you still have to do what he says. So I think about Abraham. Remember uh, in Genesis chapter 12, right? When Abraham was called uh, to go and leave his father and mother's house and go to a place that I will show you, Genesis 12, right? One through 10. How hard do you think that was for Abram to sit to, to leave his family and just start going? God said, I'll show you. It takes faith. Loving God means that you have to be able to do what he says, right? John 14, 15, right? If you love me, what are you going to do? You're going to keep my commandments if you love me, though. So what have we been talking about this whole time? How to love God. And so God says, if you love me, you're going to be like the five talent man and the two talent man, and you're going to do more for me. If you don't, you're always going to be afraid the rest of your life. You're going to think you're not good enough. And then one day I'm going to tell you that you're going to go into outer darkness. What boat are you in? You have to realize that. And sometimes, let me, let me mention this. Sometimes when lessons like this are taught, people get offended and people get mad. But I want you to get mad. I want you to get offended. I want you to, to you know, get uncomfortable. Because that's what the word challenge means. Challenge means you're not going to like it. Challenge means you're going to get offended. But guess what that guess what that means as well? That the word is working on you. And that's what and I'm saying this because it has to do the same thing to me, too, guys. And it still does the same thing to me. So I'm not trying to sit here to lord over you. But I'm sitting here telling you what I've learned, too. I've had to be challenged and I'm continuing to be challenged by the word of God. And so learn to increase your faith. Then quickly, as we close number three, not only do you have to learn to shoot for the standard and challenge yourself, not only do you need to increase your faith, right? Genesis 12, John 14, Hebrews 11, but then number three, be with others who are spiritual. Be with others who are spiritual. So iron sharpens iron, right? So if I want to learn how to run a company, who should I talk to? Talk to the CEO, talk to the boss, talk to the owner. If I want to learn how to be the best basketball player, who do I go to? I go to coaches, I go to mentors, I go to players, I go to past players. So in order to be great, 
in secular fields. I have to give effort to be great. Here's one of my pet peeves. There's many that say, oh, I want to grow as a Christian. I want to do what God says. Everybody says that. You know, if you went to congregation to congregation, even if you went and talked to a random person, and if you say, do you want to grow and do you want to learn more about God? I'd say a good 95% are going to say yes every time. But nobody wants to give effort to do it. You know, here's the thing. It takes work to be spiritual. Being spiritual is not a feeling. It takes work to be spiritual. So in order to be spiritual, what do I have to do? Sometimes instead of watching that two hour movie, sometimes you and I need to just sit down and read the word and study. Sometimes we need to attend extra Bible classes instead of going out for ourselves sometimes. Sometimes you need to go to someone and have one-on-one studies with them so you can learn to grow more. You see, don't say that you want to grow with God and you want to learn to love him more. If you're not willing to give the effort, then you really don't. You're just saying it because it sounds good and you're never going to do anything. But if you really want to grow, do these things and learn to grow. So why does this work secularly, but in, in the church, it's too much. So you'll give your arm and your leg for, for work. You'll give your arm and your leg for this sport. But for spirituality and for eternity, we give the smallest effort. You see how messed up and, and flip-flop we have it? So to be spiritual, it's just like anything else. You see, if you want to become a great businessman or businesswoman, if you want to become a great player, if you want to be, become a great boss or boss woman, you have to sacrifice stuff to do that, don't you? So to be great spiritually or to be great, you know, secularly, there's things you have to sacrifice. So in business, I'll sacrifice my time. So then I can own my own business. In sports, I'll sacrifice family time. I'll sacrifice seeing my kids grow up. I'll sacrifice time with my spouse so that everybody in everybody else's eyes, I can be considered great in my certain field. So spiritually, it's just, and I'm not saying those sacrifices are good to do. Now, I'm not saying that that's good, but that's what they do. But spiritually, it's just like anything else. What are you and what am I willing to sacrifice to become great? Now, remember, we talked about this in, in, in past podcasts. To be great spiritually is not being seen as better than another Christian. Being great is being someone else's servant. That's how you achieve greatness spiritually. So if I want to become great spiritually, am I willing to sacrifice some free time? Am I willing to sacrifice some energy? Am I willing to sacrifice the times when I'm tired? Am I willing to sacrifice some time? Am I willing to sacrifice and, and give more effort so I can be more spiritual? You see, being spiritual is just like anything else. What are you willing to sacrifice? 
Now keep this in mind. We talk about heaven and we talk about eternity. You can't get into heaven and not have given heavenly uh, effort here. Now let's, let's take a quick, quick sidebar. Now, some people think when you talk about this, that every millisecond of every day, you have to study the Bible. Every millisecond of every day, you have to pray. Every millisecond of every day, you have to. That's not what it means. So it's not, I'm not saying you can't enjoy life, that you can't enjoy going here or doing this or doing that or doing this. But this is the main thrust is what is more important to you. So what if this, this, or that becomes more than growing spirit or more important to you than the word of God and growing spiritually? Then that's where the problem lies. I love playing basketball. I love going to games. I love doing stuff for myself. I love going out and hanging out and, and doing all that's fun. That's great. But if that takes pre- precedence, and if that means that in order for me to have fun, in order for me to do what I want to do, I have to sacrifice spiritual time to do that. That's messed up. That's messed up. I should never have to sacrifice spiritual time so that I can do what I want to do. What we should do in all honesty is sacrifice what we want to do for what the Lord wants. Because when, when you were baptized into Christ, didn't you say that Jesus was Lord? So is he really though? Is he really though in your life? You see, sometimes this is why, this is why I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, how do I learn to love God? Sometimes it's hard because you have to be, you and I have to be willing to do all this stuff. Everybody says they love God, but words are just words. One day God's going to say what you do. Now here's, here's a closing thought. In my opinion, and this is this is my opinion here, the reason why we don't do these things, the reason why we don't learn to shoot for the standard, the reason why we don't uh, increase our faith, the reason why we don't learn to talk to others who are spiritual is for two reasons. One, because one of our best friends and best buddies say that we're okay. And then two, because we think we got time. Both of those are false. You see, the five-talent man and the two-talent man, they started working with some urgency. But the one-talent man, instead of being urgent, he complained and he hid. Do you, do you guys understand why now I say, when you talk about getting spiritual advice from people, I have best friends that I just, I love talking to them, man. And they're great Christian influences on me. And I appreciate them dearly, but I take what they say and I compare it to, I don't just take it because I've known this dude forever or I've known this girl forever. I take it. And I compare what they said to the word to the word of God. You know why I do that? Because I got sometimes in this life, I've gotten bad advice from good people. 
I've gotten bad advice from good people. And I guarantee at some point I haven't given the best advice either. So instead of listening to everybody else saying, oh, you're good. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're this. Compare what everybody's saying to what the word of God says. Because who's going to be there at the day of judgment with you? Your best friend that you've known forever? Who's going to be there? And even if they were there, would they have the power to help you out anyway? You have to want this for you. I encourage you with everything that I have within me. Learn to shoot for that standard of the gospel and challenge yourself to love God more. Learn to increase your faith. Learn to learn to go to some more spiritual people and talk to them more. Guys, I say this because I want you to grow so much. I say this out of love, not out of hurt, not out of whatever, not to prove a point. I say this because I care deeply about all of you guys. And I know what it's like to be, uh, you know, an apathetic and just kind of wandering around Christian. It's not a good place to be in. I want you guys to grow, to develop, to challenge yourself. And if you're one of those listeners now that's angry, that's frustrated, that that that's mad that I'm doing this, I hope one day you understand. Maybe you don't understand right now because you know good and well that you're not doing it. But I hope you'll be able to challenge yourself to do these things. So how do I learn to love God more? I learn to love him more by challenging myself and shooting for the standard of the gospel that he left. I learn to increase my faith and I learn from those who are spiritual. And I stop comparing myself and I start comparing myself to the word of God. Man, oh, dude, that was good, wasn't it? That's, that's good stuff from the word of God, man. And sometimes, you know, learning from the word of God, it'll it'll step on your toes. It, it'll, it'll cause you to change. It'll cause you to ask yourself some questions. But that's what the word of God is here for. Sometimes the word will draw you near. But the same word that will that some of you will listen to, some of you will draw it away because you're too angry. That's that's the nature of the that's the nature of the Bible. But I hope that we can continue to learn and to study and to grow. And I'm here for you. I'm here to challenge your faith and challenge mine so that we can all grow and continue uh, to be the best that we can. So quickly, real quick, before we close, one of my instructors, man, Brother Garland Elkins, you know, he um, he was he was one of my favorite instructors and he was he was an older gentleman gentleman at the school of preaching. And this man was, I mean, he was the smartest dude I've ever known. I mean, he was just, in my mind, he was kind of one of those guys where, like, if you had any problem in life, like, you felt as if you could go to him and he would have, like, the exact answer of what you need to do. He would have his Bible and he'd be quoting it and he would have it upside down. (laughs) Like, that's how, like, he just... He was a smart man, and I'm reading his book that he gave our class, and he signed it before he passed, and he was, to me, a great gospel preacher, and this is what he said about himself when he began to preach. He said, early in life, I developed the desire to become a gospel preacher. He said, however, I faced two problems. One, 
I was not sure that I had the ability to become the kind of preacher that I believe the Lord wanted. And two, I considered the standard to be so high that I felt unworthy to become a preacher. But notice what he said got him through that. He said this, I prayed about that, that matter often, and I came to this conclusion. All the Lord expected out of me, if I wanted to preach, was to do what I was capable of doing. You know, that's what the Lord requires out of you. Sometimes we put insane expectations on ourselves. The two-talent man, did he look at the five-talent and say, well, I got to get more? He did what he could, and he gained his two, and the Lord called him good and faithful. Instead of comparing, he did what he could. If you're having that problem in your life right now, where number one, if you're not sure that you have the ability to do something, and then number two, if you consider the standard of something or someone to be so high that you feel unworthy, let me tell you what the Lord's telling you right now. The Lord wants you to do the best that you can according to what he's given you. I'm not saying that you stop and that, or that you be satisfied, but I am saying you do your absolute best and you can become what the Lord wants you to. I hope that this can encourage you to, to just stop this feeling of, of self-doubt of unworthiness of because that's Satan talking to you and Satan knows that if I can get them to feel unworthy for anything, if I can get them to feel whatever, then they're going to be just like that one talent man and you'll be afraid and you're, you're going to hide. I hope that we all can continue to grow and grow our faith. Thanks guys.